Rainmaker FM. You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. Welcome to The Digital Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. And I'm joined, as always, by the connected Katie Katz. Katie, how are you today? I'm doing very well because it's bright and sunny in Houston, Sean. (laughs) Same here in (laughs) Dallas. And I am so excited about today's topic because, as many people who listen to the show may or may not know, I actually love LinkedIn. I had a show about LinkedIn called The Missing Link. It definitely is one of my favorite social media platforms, probably because I've been in business so long (laughs) that it was, I felt like it was designed for people (laughs) like me where I'm still trying to figure out Facebook. Katie, what's been your experience with LinkedIn? Yeah, I, I think I've had a little more of a love hate relationship with LinkedIn at the beginning. It was really just this place that you, that you had to have your resume information in case someone looked you up when you were applying for jobs. Um, But I think in recent years, especially in the last six months or so, LinkedIn's really been making some efforts and doing some cool things to get more engagement and getting people to spend more time on the platform. Um, And really, even in the paid and organic side, starting to catch up, I think, with Facebook in that regard. Um, So I'm really excited to see the changes that are coming out, the engagement that our clients have started getting um, are more along the lines of what we'd want to see and expect for a B2B presence. Um, And so I'm so excited for our guest today just to hear even more about the opportunities that we have coming up. Yeah, and I think it's time for us on the show to kind of check in with old LinkedIn, especially after Microsoft acquired them, because as you point out, there is lots of things going on. And I also think there's a lot of interesting creative things that you can do on that platform um, that, you know, we really hadn't covered in a lot of detail because we, we spent so much time talking about, let's say, podcasting or content marketing, traditional content marketing you know, via text on a page, a blog post, an image, et cetera, that, you know, we wanted to check in with LinkedIn and talk to an expert who's really done something so clever with the LinkedIn platform that really is not that hard for you to replicate in order to stand out. So Katie and I, when we get back from the break, we are going to interview a truly awesome person by the name of Goldie Chan, who is doing some very creative things on the LinkedIn platform. And we'll go through it right after this short break. Hey, my name is Brian Gardner, and I am the creator of Studio Press, the first premium marketplace for WordPress themes. When I created Studio Press, I could never imagine that more than 200,000 WordPress site owners would use Studio Press to build some of the most elegant and inspiring WordPress sites on the web. And I am not just talking about the numerous large companies that use it. Tens of thousands of food bloggers, podcasters, affiliate marketers, real estate agents, photographers, and many more have created some of the most compelling mobile responsive websites using StudioPress. But that is not all. To make it easy for you to create a compelling WordPress site, we have introduced StudioPress Sites, a turnkey simple method to create and grow your WordPress site. 
Studio Press Sites includes many of our most popular WordPress themes, with unique SEO tools and plugins all integrated on our high-performance, secure, and actively managed hosting infrastructure. So when you are ready to take your WordPress site to a new level without the worry or hassle of less robust solutions, then I hope you will visit studiopress.com. Over 200,000 bloggers and webmasters trust StudioPress for their WordPress site, and we work hard every day to earn it. Welcome back from the break. So, Katie, we get to talk about one of my favorite social media platforms today, LinkedIn. And who is here to talk about LinkedIn with us? Today, we have Goldie Chan, who is a top LinkedIn video creator and social media strategist and keynote speaker. She is uh, got a video channel on LinkedIn that's the longest running daily show on the platform with over 1.5 million views and counting. Um, and she also runs Warm Robots, which is a social media strategy agency based out of Los Angeles. So welcome to the show, Goldie. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So anyone who knows me for any length of time knows what a big fan of LinkedIn I am. I used to have a show called The Missing Link about marketing on LinkedIn. I've I've really thought it's one of those platforms that, you know, no one really understood properly. And now that Microsoft has acquired LinkedIn, the LinkedIn that we all kind of remember way back in the day, maybe putting a resume up there, maybe connecting with people just so we can build up our recommendations. That that that's changed a little bit, hasn't it, Goldie, from when we really thought about LinkedIn several years ago? Yes. So I would say the main differentiator, and I've I've actually been on LinkedIn for a very long time, for at least a few years. And I remember back in the day when it started, it really was the place where you deposit your resume. I mean, you create a resume and it's your resume holder and then you send out a link to your LinkedIn and you're like, boom, here's my resume. And that's about it. I think that LinkedIn these days is so, so much bigger than that because you have everything from a really interesting um, ad platform where there are some changes that that have been happening there, of course. very interesting that they actually merged with uh, Linda or LinkedIn Learning, as it's called now, to provide courses and education. So LinkedIn is obviously so much, much more than just a uh, resume. And then, of course, LinkedIn itself has been, after Microsoft, <laughs> LinkedIn has actually been investing pretty heavily in um, in groups. So that's what I also think is very, very interesting. And then, of course, of course, there's the other thing that I'm the most excited about, which is LinkedIn video. So let's kind of go through some of the recent changes that I've noticed. And I just kind of wanted to let you talk about them a little bit, because the first one that really struck out at me, I mean, for years, I would go on LinkedIn, great way of connecting with people. Certainly LinkedIn groups were a gold mine until they changed a lot of the rules around LinkedIn groups and they, they fell off, if you will, in value. And so, but also the thing that was always kind of in the background that everyone knew, but didn't really want to talk about is their advertising platform kind of kind of sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was not as robust in comparison to something like a Facebook or a uh, Google platform where you could be very, very detailed and, and had lots of different options to play with, et cetera. But it seems recently they've made some substantial changes to the ad platform. Can you talk a little bit about some of those big changes? Sure. So it's really, really interesting to see. They are just trying, I think at this point, 
LinkedIn is finally, and I think we are all in this uh, podcast, we are all thankful that they are trying to catch up with Facebook. So there is a lot more ability to do different kinds of ads now. So for example, they also just launched video ads a few weeks ago. So that is brand, brand new to the ad platform. So now you can do video ads that are actually what we call dark ads. So they aren't native videos that you then boost in the feed. They're actually ads that only appear in your targeted demographic timeline. Um, and then of course, there's a lot more that you can do with LinkedIn ads and with Sales Navigator, you can really intelligently target who you're trying to speak to and who you're trying to get into their inbox or in mail of. Yeah, and I think one of the things on the ad platform that really struck me was the fact that now you can put cookies on your site and have that yeah. demographic data being fed into LinkedIn without a fee, by the way. So you can start today, yeah. create up a campaign, put it in there. You can also upload your customer email list and start getting demographic data from there. So a lot of this functionality that was really reserved solely for very large-scale advertisers, mm -hmm. they've really pushed through their do-it-yourself channel. Uh, but that's just one aspect, because I do want to cover one other thing, because I know Katie has a ton of questions, but I do want to talk about groups. You mentioned previously that they made some big changes to groups. And if for anyone who knows the LinkedIn, the value of groups was the fact that at one point you could email everybody in your group whenever you wanted to. And then they kind of changed the emailing rules around. What have they done recently with groups that really has make you say, wow, groups are really now much more effective than they had been even in the past? Well, I will say this publicly because we're speaking on uh, this podcast, which is they are still in transition stage. So I am excited because actually I will say this, LinkedIn is doing a groups listening tour. What that means is that they're actually inviting select group owners like myself to LinkedIn offices all over the US and Canada to come in and actually give feedback on groups because they've been so interested in actually getting community feedback on what works and what doesn't. So they've been sandboxing a few different ways of making groups better. For example, obviously the, the basics, right? Being able to pin a post at the top of a group, um, being able to better message all of your group members, better ability to recruit members into your group, um, moderation tools, et cetera. So they're thinking about all these things they haven't implemented everything. And I think it's because they're waiting till they get the feedback from this group's listening tour that they're running to really implement some big, big changes to groups. So that will probably be happening later this year. Wow. And so basically what it sounds like is that with the Microsoft now being the owner of LinkedIn, they're starting to really look at all those engagement features, the, the group feature, the uh, advertising features, really trying to help, you know, marketers better interact with that social community, which quite frankly, they had had some things over the years that worked great and they took them away and they didn't really kind of appreciate the fact that some people like us were doing a lot of marketing on there without having to hire a big, you know, Madison Avenue agency. Right. But I think the real interesting portion of LinkedIn, especially for digital entrepreneurs that listen to the show is around the content marketing thing. So Katie, I know you want to ask uh, Goldie some questions about content marketing on LinkedIn. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yes. So Goldie, we've been actually talking about content distribution on a show that will be airing the week before this episode. And um, one of the great things about social media, obviously, is it's a great place to distribute your content 
Um, and it's interesting with LinkedIn groups, I know they took away the functionality of allowing you to schedule to the groups, which I think made it a little harder for marketers. Um, but what are some tricks that you use for, for staying on task and getting things, making sure that you have a regular presence on LinkedIn? Wow. So there are a few things that I do personally. So I actually do daily content. So I do a daily video series that you've mentioned before. And one of the things that helps when you do a daily video series is no matter what, you know that when you say go to my personal profile, you'll see that I have daily content coming out. Now for some of the people that I know on the platform who are also very active creators, for them that might mean every single day they do that long form status message, right? So they're not writing articles, but they're writing a little bit of something that's a meatier than just a quote. <laughs> so they're sharing articles or they're doing something like that. So I always think it's important when you're thinking about content strategy on LinkedIn to think how frequently can I actually do content? And a lot of people I know too, they use services like Buffer to help push out content and schedule content. Now, unfortunately, you cannot do this with video, which means that I manually upload <laughs> videos onto LinkedIn, either onto their mobile or desktop, but with written content and images and things like that, you can use a third-party service that will help you schedule. So that's definitely one of the things that if you are thinking about doing more writing, I would strongly suggest getting a tool like Buffer that can help you uh, navigate that a little bit easier. It's interesting that um, I know one of the things that really struck me about your video program is that you do it every day, which is such a big thing to commit to. Um, but I, we've been noticing or some of some of my colleagues have been noticing that the the time in the platform and the amount of engagement that uh, individual has in the platform is seeming to depend all, across all social media is impacting um, your own reach more and more. Um, do you find that too? Like, do you think it's possible that the fact that you did commit to that, like being there every day helped you as was part of what helped you to grow? Yeah. So there's always the A word, as I call it, the algorithm, right? <laughs> we have no control over it whatsoever. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen to the algorithm tomorrow, whether it'll favor daily content or whether it won't. But I think there's something that intrinsically, humanly, is nice to know that somebody will be doing content, say, every day or every Friday or Monday or whatever day of the week it is, because then you know that if you ever check in on that person, they are doing that really regular daily content on that day of the week. Um, and so whether or not the algorithm favors it or not, that is just helpful for when you're building a community and you're building an audience. Now, I also believe that, especially early on, it did help me gain quite a bit of traction um, to be doing daily content and then getting served in the feed very frequently once again, we have no control over the algorithm. <laughs> and we'll continue the conversation with Goldie after this short break. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Jackson, the host of The Digital Entrepreneur. And I want to ask you a simple question. What is your business framework for selling digital goods online? Now, if the question perplexes you, don't worry. You are not alone. 
Most people don't realize that the most successful digital entrepreneurs have a framework or a general process for creating and selling their digital goods in the online space. And one of the best free resources is Digital Commerce Academy. Digital Commerce Academy combines online learning with case studies and webinars created by people who make a living selling digital goods online. And the best part is that this material is free when you register. Are you interested in joining? Well, I'll make it easy for you. If you're listening to the show on your phone and are in the continental United States, I want you to send a text message to 313131 with the keyword digits, D-I-G-I-T-S. And when you send that text message, we will send you a link to the registration form right to your phone. Are you outside the United States? Don't worry. Just send us an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. Either way, we'll send you a link to the registration form so that you can sign up for free for Digital Commerce Academy. And as a special bonus, we will also subscribe you to our newsletter when you text or email us so that you can stay informed with the latest insights from the show. And don't worry, we respect your privacy and we will not share your email or phone number and you can easily unsubscribe at any time. So if you want to start building or improving your framework for selling digital goods online, then please send a text to 313131 with the keyword digits or send us an email at digits at rainmaker.fm. You won't be disappointed. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is video, <laughs> because we yes. all know that voice and video is certainly the future of much of our interactions with technology in the future and even today to a certain extent. And video on LinkedIn has been interesting uh, through the many, many years that I've been covering and thinking about LinkedIn. Uh, the first big change, of course, being that when the Pulse Network came out, when you could write stories on LinkedIn and have those stories appear up, they obviously allowed you to put in different media into those posts and certainly video being one of them, a YouTube clip. I think Vimeo was another one that was supported. Um, and then I think at some point they also had the ability for you to put in a video ad or some sort of uh, native video that you could you know, pay for and put in as part of the paid ad platform. So so let's get into video. Where are the options today for marketers when they're looking at LinkedIn when it comes to video? Okay, so I like to break it down into three options for videos for marketers. One is for your personal profile page. You can upload native videos onto your personal profile page. Now, the other option is, of course, company pages just went live a few weeks ago, and it had already been pretty broadly tested by some of the larger players in the game like Forbes. Um, but now you can also natively upload videos to your company page as well, um, pretty universally across the board. And then the third option is the one I mentioned before, which is video ads, which can be in the dark, <laughs> dark ads. Um, so with these three options, you can now do video, either you as a personal brand do video, right? Or if you're doing it from the corporate page, then obviously having a branded video series for your brand. That is really exciting to me because even on YouTube, if you're doing a branded series on YouTube for your brand, you're still being drowned out because there are so many other videos that are on that particular platform. But for LinkedIn video, it is truly the wild, wild west of video. Like I said before, 
videos for brand pages only went live within this past month or so. So if you think about it in the life cycle of anything related to marketing, that is such a short period of time. And especially for bigger corporations, they probably won't get on this game. They won't get into making brand videos for the next at least few months, right? For at least a quarterly cycle because they won't necessarily see the value in it right away. As I've been actually telling my clients, this is the perfect time to jump in and do videos for your brand because other people are st are just going to learn about it in a few months. And so now is the perfect time to jump in and get some traction early. So one of the questions I get from a lot of my clients, which I'm guessing you do too, is then, okay, well, how much money do I have to invest in these videos? High, how high of quality do they have to be? Especially if you're putting it on a company page that is representative of your brand. Um, does it need to be a highly produced video? What, what is your opinion on that? I like to think that LinkedIn video lives somewhere between top YouTube quality and Instagram stories. So if we think about Instagram stories, if you're familiar with the, that type of video at all, those are really fun. They're quick bites, uh, slices of life, really. So those kind of videos are meant to be just really engaging and fun and short. Now, if you go to really polished, incredibly expensive YouTube videos. That's the entirely other side of the spectrum, right? Those are mini movies. I like to think that LinkedIn video, especially for brands, falls somewhere in the middle between those two. So it should really be on the shorter side. So you really don't want to have a video that's say over five minutes long because you will lose your audience on LinkedIn, period. On the other side, you also don't want to have a video that is, say, too overproduced, too. So if it looks a little bit too much like an ad, people will think it's an ad. So they'll just think it's an ad in their feed. So you want to add in a little bit of that charm that Instagram Stories has, which is it's a little bit more unpolished. And that's what I've been actually telling my clients, which is it seems counterintuitive, but sometimes having that charm of, an unpolished video, not a perfect video, something that's slightly less high quality will actually do better in the feed because people see the super, super, super well-produced videos as being more like just a straight ad. Now, this of course depends on your industry. So for example, if you're, tra if you're a travel company at all, obviously your video needs to be incredibly well-produced and visually really exciting. But if you're a brand like, say, this may not be the best example, but say Salesforce, you can get away with something that feels a little bit more human, right? So spotlighting some of your team members um, at Salesforce, something like that. So these are, these are kind of the ways to start to think about video, especially for branding. So I noticed that in your videos, um, it seems like you're shooting with a uh, like an iPhone camera or something, uh, mm -hmm. and then you're using some title overlays, right? You're keeping them very short, uh, from what I can tell. Um, is that generally the, some advice about just thinking of structures? You know, you don't have to you know, overproduce them, meaning you know, just have something that's very simple that you can just repeat over and over, and you know, like your tip of the day being a great one. You know, here it is. It's just real quick, real simple, static shot. You know we're not having, you know, pans and all these other visual effects going on. 
I always think it's better to keep it simple because most people on the LinkedIn platform, I know I just said five minutes, but let's be honest, most people on the LinkedIn platform won't watch you past one minute. And a lot of people won't watch you past that first three seconds. So it's important that if they see how long the video is, that if they know they're in for, say, an eight-minute ride, <laughs> they might not get on that ride, so to speak. So I think it's good to keep your videos very short. And so what I tell a lot of first-time video creators is to try to keep it a minute or less, period, right? So if you're just doing videos for your personal brand, a minute or less, and then keep them fun, keep them really high energy, keep them authentic so they feel like you know this person that's delivering whatever information that they are delivering. Because I always like to think it is so much better to do videos that always are informative or tactical, um, or they take you on a journey to a place you've never been before. So you're going on an adventure with somebody. Um, and I always like to think all videos that are through this filter tend to do better. Um, there are, of course, and there's an entire section of LinkedIn videos right now that are primarily vlogs, that are people doing vlogs in their car where they talk about how their day is going and things like that. And I think this is so interesting to me because it feels like early YouTube. So it feels like right now you can get away with the, the um, much less polished, right? Much uh, more, you're just looking at a camera, you're just talking to camera on your phone videos uh, that were really reminiscent of early YouTube when people talked to their webcams uh, and it was, you know, pretty grainy and unpolished. And there's a lot of people who are doing these videos and they're getting traction on LinkedIn. And the reason why is because we are in this wild, wild west stage of LinkedIn video. So you can still do those kind of videos that, to be totally fair, a year from now, if LinkedIn video is still around and is still growing and all this other lovely stuff, a year from now, you may not be able to get away with doing that kind of grainy, gritty blog. Yeah. Maybe you will, you know, but I personally think like right now you can, if you want to just get started today, you could totally do a vlog in your car and you will get at least a little bit of traction just because people are fascinated by video on the platform. So you just have that to your advantage. How do you handle your audio, by the way? Because um, it's, you know, one of the things that we know from video experts all over is that people will forgive you for a little bit of grainy or not top quality video, but boy, they will punish you if you don't have great audio. How do you kind of handle the audio for these quick little shoots that you do? So I love talking about audio because any video creator knows that you need to have clean audio. And I've certainly been guilty of not having clean audio before. Um, but what I like to do is my, one of my favorite brands is Rode, R-O-D-E, um, and they make great lav mics so that work with uh, mobile devices. So I shoot everything on my iPhone 8 Plus, and I use my Rode lav mic to actually lav myself up when I'm on the go or when I'm shooting. And to be totally fair, there are a lot of times when I don't necessarily have my lav mic with me. Um, and I do do a little bit of post-processing on the audio itself. I actually just also talk very loudly, <laughs> which people don't realize does help you have clearer audio. Because when you, you speak softly and you mumble or your words kind of come together, it is also hard to understand audio, even if the audio is in a perfectly soundproof uh, recording booth. It's so much easier if you actually talk louder and you try to slow it down a little bit. 
So Katie, I'll leave the last question for you. Yeah, I think the, the it's just for most people, probably a little intimidating just to get started that feeling of like, okay, where do I start? Even if, even if you know that you could just do it with your iPhone and, and make it a little more natural and user generated looking, um, for people who are feeling like they don't know where to start, what would be your number one tip? So my number one tip is always don't overthink it. (laughs) So have one very short subject, one subject that you want to cover in one video and just do it. So for example, I did a hashtag five videos challenge on LinkedIn and I challenged people to actually do their first five videos. And one of the things I suggested that people could talk about is an intro of themselves. So what are you who are you and what are you currently working on? So whether that's everything from um, agricultural technology to maybe running a marketing agency um, to doing nonprofit uh, work in the environmental sector, whatever that is, you can do a quick intro video, keep it a minute or less about yourself and boom, you have your very first video done. And that is a great way to end this segment. You know what, Goldie, thank you so much. And for certainly opening my eyes up to the possibility of video, we've always known it's kind of been there, but boy, the way you've executed on it, especially on a daily basis, you know, is almost very empowering to say, if she can do it every day, there's no excuse. (laughs) You can't do it at least once in a while. So thank you so much for being on today's show. Thank you so much. And now it's time for our tools and recommendations for the week. So, Sean, since you are the LinkedIn expert on our show, I was wondering what tools that you would recommend after listening to Goldie. You know, Goldie brings up some great points about video, and I think there are a couple of missing pieces and parts that we didn't discuss. And the first one is about sound, right? I mean, I think everyone wants to put a little sound into their video, if nothing else for maybe how it's led in or maybe a background music to go through. And so for that sound that you may want to enhance your videos with, I really think that you should take a look at premiumbeat.com. It's a shuttered stock uh, company, um, as well as Epidemic Sound. So uh, Epidemic Sound and Premium Beat, both of which provide royalty-free music that you pay for. And I'm going to tell you, this is what kind of blew me away about them. They're really good songs. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was like listening to it going, you know, this is something that, we, you know, they have all sorts of different genres and they're fun and they don't sound like that typical industrial corporate sound that you usually hear on those videos from way back when, right, Katie? Elevator music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they're really very modern. They have different genres. So highly recommend premiumbeat.com and epidemicsound.com. Now, when it comes to pictures, though, and Katie, I know you do a lot of presentations, so do I. Um, And really, you should be using royalty-free images. Well, it turns out that there is a site on the web that has free royalty-free images on it. Pexels.com, P-E-X-E-L-S.com. 
And I'm going to tell you now, Katie, whenever I do a presentation, I'm going to Pexels and I'm using those images there. They're high quality. They cover a ton of different genres out there. Um, and they're so easy to download and put into your presentations or maybe your video or anything you're putting together. So from my perspective, if you're really going to take advantage of, you know, video on LinkedIn, which Goldie certainly spent a lot of time talking about, then sound, two good references for that. And then sometimes an image, you know, sometimes an image really does allow you to communicate differently without having to pop video. Those are my recommendations. What do you think, Katie? Yeah, I completely agree. I love Pexels. And like you said, um, a lot of their images don't have that stocky feel to them too, which is really cool and great to see in a in a free version of something. That's so great recommendation. Well, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about LinkedIn. And if you haven't tried it out in a while, go back to it and, you know, maybe take a cue from Goldie and pop a video out there. You may be surprised with the results that you get. Well, that's it for Katie and I, and we will catch you next time on another episode of The Digital Entrepreneur.